This is Here's What I Learned, a podcast that explores the lessons found in business and life. I'm your host, Jackie Hayes, a business consultant and strategist, a reader, homesteader, and superhero fan. In this show, I talk with coaches and service providers. We explore the lessons they have learned running an online business, embracing feminist business practices, rejecting hustle culture, and embracing their roles as CEOs. In today's episode, Alexandra Raymond and I are chatting about using systems to save you time and effort in your business. Alexandra has been a finance professional for 10 plus years, and her products and services help solopreneurs and small business owners demystify their company's finances. Let's welcome Alexandra to the show. I am going to start out our conversation here with a quick rapid fire question for you, and that is, what have you been learning about lately? Ooh, what have I been learning about lately? Um, I have been interested in following a bit more what's going on in the capital markets and how it affects our buying power. This is my latest, uh, latest thing. Tell me, tell me more, like, because that just went right over my head as a non-finance person. Yeah, I have this new interest to um, follow what's going on, but also kind of be like, okay, but what does this actually mean for buying power? For example, um, if I tell you, hey, did you know that two weeks ago it was earnings week and, you know, all the tech companies done, but Apple did well, you're like, what are you talking about? However, if I tell you, Hey, if you've been following Apple, you will know that right now they're having issues at their plant in China. Meaning if you're thinking about buying an iPhone 14 for your nephew, your cousin or whatnot, they will most probably be delayed. So if you're thinking of getting an iPhone 14 for Christmas, you should be thinking about buying it right now because there's most probably going to be a three to four week delay in actually consumers being able to receive it. So it's kind of like this interest in like, okay, there's kind of like all the cap, the, the noise with all the, the jargon going on, but like, okay, but what does this actually mean for me as a consumer? Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. I mean, you do, you hear about all of those things, but you don't realize you, and, and putting two and two together. If like, oh, wait a minute, there's problems in a plant. And that means, you know, it's going to be a delay. And I think all of us, I think sadly, all of us are just now used to everything being a delay because of all of the shortages. Um, But yeah, it's like, okay, it'll be delayed probably even more than it probably already was. Right. And, and, you know, the, the, the timeliness of following this kind of like piece of news and information is super important, right? You're thinking, oh yeah, they'll go on strike. There will be delays, but Every year around Christmas time and around Thanksgiving is when a lot of people are buying things. And if a lot of people are buying things and things cannot get to their final destinations, whatever it is you're thinking of, you know, purchasing during, you know, Black Friday because you hope that it will get there by Christmas, it might not happen. (laughs) It may not happen. It may not happen. This is one of those reasons why I, um, years and years ago, when, when, Online shopping was not as big of a thing. I made the deal with myself that by December 1st, all my holiday shopping would be done because I did not mm. want to set foot 
into a mall yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after that. And then online shopping happened and I started to get lax. And then, you know, with COVID hitting, it was like, oh no, we're back to like, I have to buy it at the beginning of November if I want to make sure it shows up in time. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that, you know, people should, what, what we're talking about, you know, connecting two and two together, take a company, hate it or love it, Amazon. What Amazon did is that they had their prime day in October. They were like, let's have our prime day a bit before so that all those consumers who are looking for like special deals specifically on like you know electronics or things that are quite expensive usually they push their prime day in october so that um the buying rush happens a bit earlier so if you're look if, if you're someone that's just like you is a bit more organized you could be like oh i can buy everything in october be ready and don't have to like struggle or like you know do all the last minute thinking in december because companies are um, changing the way that they put things on special. And like more and more companies are having what we call like pre-Black Friday sales, where they have had Black Friday sales in October, early November, which is the time that we're, we're speaking right now. So yeah, putting two, putting two and two together when listening to uh, what's going on uh, in the news and the financial markets and in the economy. Yep. I just laugh because I have so many people in my life who wait until like the day before Christmas or two days before <laughs> Christmas through they're like running out. And I'm like, you're not going to find anything. You're not going to find anything. <laughs> I know yeah. that the stores are open, but you're, you got slim pickets. So they could always get gift cards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And my son, he hates because my parents and I will be like asking in October what he wants. And he's now almost 21. So he basically just wants money and gift cards anyways. But he, yeah. he would get so frustrated with like, I don't know in October what I want. And it used to be easy. It used to just be whatever Legos, you know, but now at 21, it's like, I, you know, I know I can just hand you a gift card, but that's not as much fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he's back to Legos, strangely enough. Now he wants no. the really expensive <laughs> Legos. So, uh, yeah, we were talking, you mentioned you know, if, if you're planning and in, in advance, you, you can take advantage of some of these things. You and I are both kind of a systems group of people, planning type of people. We both come from the done in the day program. I know that you really like to talk about systems. What is it about systems yes. that you love so much? I love systems because they remove a lot of the headaches that we have when it comes to managing repetitive, boring, complicated tasks. Um, I think that when it comes to systems, there are some areas of our lives where we're like, oh, we've already adopted systems. For example, Jackie, if I have your phone number and I want to call you, I can literally just pull up my phone, type Jackie, and I could call you. But this is a system allowing me to call you in a very efficient way. If I didn't have a smartphone, I would have to go, I'm going to age myself, but I would have to go in, either in my Rolodex or my little like, you know, book of contacts, you know, flip the pages all the way to J, find your number and then start dialing it. So when it comes to like something as, you know, simple as communication and calling someone, we've already adopted systems and technology to make things uh, faster and more efficient in our lives. And that's what I'm trying to kind of like explain to people in, in terms of we could do the same thing for finances. There are ways to to kind of like lean on technology and lean on systems to make these tasks efficient, quicker, so that you don't have the headache of like, oh my God, I actually like have to do this very long and like boring thing. Yeah. 
I think one of the things that I hear the most from my clients is, and especially back in the days when I was a VA, they're like, can you just clean up my QuickBooks? Can you? It's a mess. I haven't invoiced people in ages or I haven't, you know, re- reconciled anything in ages. It's just a mess because, and it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger a mess. And the more, the longer they wait, the bigger a mess it is, the more overwhelmed and they would avoid it. And I'm like, I'm not a QuickBooks person not a finance person. You're going to have to find somebody else to help you with that. So tell me about what it's like as somebody who has that mess, let's say, and needs help. What would you do from like step number one to now they have a system in place and it's painless and they barely have to think about it? Yeah, so the way that I like to think about it is kind of like in three big steps, right? You need to sit down and configure a lot of things. You need to figure out automations and then you need to maintain the work. So when I say configure, right? uh, For example, if someone was to come to me and go like, hey, I need help. What do we do? Where do do we get started? Step one, it's like, all right, where's all your financial information? Let's organize it and configure it properly in QuickBooks from the start. I am a big fan of starting from a clean slate so that you can kind of like configure everything properly, have your chart of account set up properly, have your report set up properly. So step one is really, where, where are all the numbers for your business? Let's configure them in a system. Step two, um, I then look at the basic configuration and go like, huh, what are some automations that we can kind of like plug into your QuickBooks to make your life easier? For example, what's a cool task management tool that we can plug to your QuickBooks where all you have to do is forward your invoice to an email or like take a picture with an app so that you don't have to sit there and like manually enter information or whatnot. What are ways to like easily automate the data entry to QuickBooks? So that's step two. And then step three is maintain. And when I talk about maintain, it's kind of like two things. First is education and training in terms of like, hey, Now that everything is clean, we set up your automation. Let me give you kind of like a quick, you know, one-on-one training on what truly matters um, for you as an entrepreneur when you're looking at your QuickBooks. And then part two of maintain is how do you um, very quickly, maybe like once a week, once every two weeks, look at your books, do those very simple tasks, spend like 30 minutes at most so that you don't accumulate, you know, all the maintenance at the end of the year. How do you kind of like log in once a week, go boom, 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 everything's in order. And then we can, we can move forward. Um, And then, yeah, you you kind of like step, step three and beyond is just making sure to keep the good habit of looking at your books um, consistently, um, whether weekly, biweekly, if that at the end of the year, everything's in order and we're all good. So let's say you're somebody new in business and you're like, oh, I've been doing fine with my my spreadsheet, my Excel spreadsheet or my, my Google sheet. What yeah. would you say is the, what would you say to somebody who is in that position? And you're somebody who helps with QuickBooks. I'm assuming that you'd be like, oh, you know, you really should move over to to QuickBooks. What would be the benefit in that? The benefit in that is it's it, it you have no idea how much it costs 
to be tracking things in a spreadsheet. And for two reasons. The first reason is you're tracking it in a spreadsheet. However, when it's come, when, when time comes to do your taxes and you're like, hey, I need a CPA to help me out. Your CPA will charge you to start out everything that you've been, you know, plugging into your Excel. Your CPA will charge you to sort out the information and get the and and obtain the information that they need in order to produce your taxes. So at the end of the day, yeah, you're like, oh, I'm doing a good job in my Google Sheet or whatnot. But when it comes tax season at the end of the year, your numbers need to be like completely reorganized in a way that makes sense for you to do your reporting. Whereas if, if you take the good habit of maintaining your numbers in a system like QuickBooks or any other system, at the end of the year, everything's in order. You could just go to the proper report and all your numbers will be there. So it saves you time and money to have those numbers already um, in a system where they are ready for reporting. And the second thing I like to say is, Let's hypothetically say that I work for a bank and I'm like, hey, Jackie, I really like what you do and I'd like to offer you a grant. However, I would really need to like see your PL or your balance sheet or look at your company's numbers. If your numbers are already in QuickBooks, you can go like, sure, I'll send this to you, you know, by end of day or by end of next week because you can easily go into QuickBooks and produce the reports that are necessary for you to get this grant or this loan from a bank or whatnot. If your numbers are in a spreadsheet, you are going to be like scrambling of how do I do this? How do I put those numbers together? I need to hire someone to help me. And it comes, it becomes very difficult to get a snapshot picture of the financial health of your business for potential opportunities. Um, and then I know I said two, but a third thing that came to mind is what happens if you, you know, by accident lose access to this file? If you by accident erase a number, erase a sheet, um, make a mistake in a formula that messes up your whole file, there's no backup. You've made a mistake in this, you know, manual heavy process and you cannot go back. Um, versus if something's in a system, everything's in a cloud, everything is somewhere and you can recuperate um, that information and actually kind of like fix this, you know, human mistake that that you made so yeah those are kind of like the three things that come to mind how have you adopted systems into your business well i have to say that um my fine my background's in finance you know i practiced as a cpa for about seven years then transitioned to uh the world of tech so i already knew that from the get-go i wanted to track my numbers so the first thing I did when I thought about, hey, I want to start a business. I want to start charging people for, for for my services. First thing I did was call a lawyer. And I was like, hey, how do we set this up legally um, in a way that like I will not be in trouble? And the second thing that I did was open up a business bank account. Because I was like, I need to make sure that my you know personal finance and my business's finance are two separate things and I don't need to like go through my thing to try to make sense of my numbers. Once I had my business bank account, then I got a QuickBooks account going because I was like, I I might be small right now, but I need to start tracking those numbers um, and just making sure that I have this, you know, ABC foundational work in place from the beginning so that, 
you know, let's hypothetically say that, yeah, everything booms. I'm not stuck looking for professionals, looking for a bookkeeper, looking for an accountant to do like a QuickBooks cleanup or to help me clean up all these things that I've already set up from, from, uh, from the beginning. Yeah. Do you use systems in other areas of your business besides finances? So let's see, when it comes to systems, uh, I use QuickBooks for finances. I use Dubsado as a CRM tool. Um, I use Airtable as my, I like to call it my um, electronic or like cloud-based Rolodex just to keep track of who I'm speaking with and, and, and just follow up and gather that information somewhere. Uh, WordPress for my website. Uh, just so that if one day I want to optimize, you know, the SEO or whatnot, at least I'm using a tool that will allow me to do this. Um, Calendly to schedule coffee chats. So Calendly allows you to find time on my calendar to schedule conversations. Um, and then the whole Gmail suite with, you know, Google Gmail and Google folder and Google everything. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the systems that I use for my business. One of the things that I think I probably should have asked at the top of this, but yeah. um, I hear people who will say systems when they really mean process, or they'll say process when they really mean system. So do you want to talk about what the difference is between uh -huh. those two? That's a very, to me, this is a linguistics <laughs> question. <laughs> um because in my world, when you're talking about a system, I'm automatically thinking uh, automation mm -hmm. and that type of system. But you're right that system can also mean what system do I have in place overall to make sure that I get things done. Um, I think that the when it comes to like how we use those terms interchangeably, um, as a new business owner, what I would say is that when somebody talks about systems, you should be thinking about leveraging technology to make your life easier. And when you think about, you know, the way that you organize your workflow, that you organize how things get done, you should be talking about more about operations and SOPs and things like that and really make the distinction of looking at the operations. What do I need in place to help me? get ish done mm -hmm. and then systems in terms of like all right now that i know everything that needs to be done how do i leverage technology to work more efficiently yeah that's how i see it i see process as the the step-by-step -step means of getting to from a to b and mm -hmm. then systems come into play as to how the tools and automations etc for how that um, process is going to be completed. So I think we're kind of on the same same board on that. Is there anything that you would want to make sure that the audience knew about adopting systems, especially when it comes to finances, that we haven't already covered? The one thing is finance finance the, the just the topic of finance is very intimidating however there are a lot of finance professionals out there who are trying to make whose work and kind of like mission is to make this information digestible and relatable specifically for you know women entrepreneurs right i think that 
you know, a couple of years ago, finances were this thing that only bros talked about. And it was very difficult to understand because they would use a lot of jargon. But more and more, there are financial pr professionals out there who are making the information accessible and digestible um, for people just starting out in business. And so, yeah, it takes a little bit of, you know, looking around on the internet, but you can definitely find someone who speaks a language that you can understand to help you out. Um, for example, um, there's this amazing woman called um, Luisa Alberto, and she has a company called People First Finance. And the whole goal of People First Finance is to make financial information very digestible. Um, and I think that her target demographic is uh, women and particularly women of color. And the way that she explains, you know, how you should be tracking your numbers, what you, you, you should be kind of like um, focusing on when it comes to your business, it she kind of like breaks down the steps in such easy ways to understand. Um, and I know that she's not the only one doing the work, right? There are a lot of, of, of people out there. I don't know if your thing is like, hey, I don't know, I'm a man um, and I, I don't know, I'm a man from Florida and I have a certain way of communicating that is my preference. I'm pretty sure that if you, you know, go online and look for finan financial professionals, you can find someone who you can relate to in, in, in terms of like, how do I like to communicate? What are words that relate to me? Um, and, and I would just want to let the audience know that there are more and more professionals out there that you can find that speak your language, that can explain things to you in a way that you will be able to understand so that you're not intimidated um, by, you know, getting educated when it comes to uh, your finances and your company's finances. I mentioned at the top of the this conversation that you and I both have done the done in a day program. That's how we know each other. And yeah. so can you tell the audience about your VIP day offer? Yes. So my VIP day is called uh, QuickBooks in a day. And the reason why it's called QuickBooks in a day is because I do the heavy lifting of configuring your QuickBooks, importing all your financial data and recommending um, other other automations that you uh, should be using along with QuickBooks. So I take care of this. I do all this in the back end. And then during the VIP day, it's a half day of training um, in terms of like, hey, as an entrepreneur, this is how you should be looking at your QuickBooks and also training on how you should uh, maintain your books now that I set up everything properly. Um, and then after the VIP day, clients have access to me for 30 days. Because I know that during the VIP day, there is a lot of information that I share. And maybe you didn't understand it, uh, part of it or whatnot. So for the, like for 30 days, you have access to book additional time with me to walk you through some of the things that we talked about. Um, so yeah, so QuickBooks in a day. How can the audience find you? Everything that has to do with trackmymoney.co. So my website is www.trackmymoney.co. And if you want to, con to connect with me there, there's a button on the webpage called Let's Talk. My Instagram, is, my Instagram handle is at trackmymoney.co. And if you would like to connect, you can send me a DM there as well. And my email address info at trackmymoney.co. Well, thank you so much for being here today. 
Yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, it's been great. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Here's What I Learned. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to follow and leave a review. Remember, there's always something new to learn. Stay curious and never stop asking questions.